0: Recreation sick to pass the time away. Lots of fun, heaps of fun, enjoy yourself today. North Melbourne boys are hard to beat when they come out to play. So join in the chorus,
1: sing it one and all. Join in the chorus, North Melbourne's on
2: the ball. Good old North Melbourne, the champion, you'll agree.
3: North Melbourne will be premieres, it's just you will. Hello and welcome to The right. Stern Look. This is an historical show as The Stern Look branches out to other North Melbourne football fans outside of Big Footy. So some of us North podcasters will be using our first names from now on, while some of us will be hiding from the authorities and will be sticking with their original Big Footy usernames. <laughs> Nate7. I am Ben, also known as Kangaroos Forever on Big Footy. For today's show we have the ever controversial Nate7. Welcome. Good evening.
0: Thanks for having me again.
3: Anytime. Also tonight, we have the mysterious big footy poster, Donkey Chop.
1: Good afternoon.
3: Or evening. Depending evening, on where yeah. you are. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, we have Harley Bennell's Coke dealer. Welcome G&80, also known as Greg. Good evening, gentlemen. Oh, I love I can <laughs> the best introductions for you, don't I? <laughs> You've just blown his cover. <laughs> That's oh, I'm right. buggered. That's all right, there's plenty There'd of coke deals where he is. Alright, so just before we start the show, I'd just like to give a shout out to you Jesse Hogan in his battle against cancer and that horrible news. From the North Melbourne Big Footy Board and from myself and those on tonight, I wish Jesse and his family all the best in his battle against cancer. I pray that he'll be alright. Right now? Yes. Yeah, we'll just... yeah. yeah, yeah. Right now we'll move straight into the issues of the week and the biggest one of course is the sledging of Mark Murphy and his wife with St Kilda players allegedly sledging Murphy about his wife's previous sexual history with Sam Gilbert and others though this is all alleged whether there's any truth to it I'm not going to go on to get into that There have been some calls during the week in the media and from the general public on social media that there may be restrictions on sledging and that that should be put in place. So I know this is a bit politically correct, but what is your take on the situation, Donkey?
1: Uh, Well, I think sledging, I don't mind a bit of a fun sledge, but I think when you're talking about someone's partner or family member or whatever, I think that's uh, way out of line. And um, I don't think anybody should have to put up with that in their workplace. Like, if you're walking down the street or even if I was playing, you know, local footy or whatever and and someone said something about my wife, it's, uh, you know, it would be on. And I think the St Kilda players were pretty gutless to target Murphy's wife because, you know, she can't really defend herself. And, B, they know that there's going to – like, the players can't do anything these days. It's not like that next time Carlisle or whoever goes up for a contest that someone's gonna come in and give him the big coat hanger and take him out for the rest of the game, you know? So it's it's just weak all round, it's poor form. And uh, I think Saint Kilda did not handle it well at all either. I don't think they're they're trying to get a women's team, they're trying to act like they're this, you know, beacon of morality now, but they've absolutely failed in their,
3: you know, response Mm. to their actions. Well, speaking about failure, Nate, I know you have a few words on this.
0: I will get into my uh, my absolute massive rant later, but I just want to reiterate what um, Donkeys had to say there. There is a place and there is a time for it. There is such a thing as... um, a funny retort or a funny sledge or a, you know, if someone's having a bad day or they're just, they've just got the kicking hips, you know, those sorts of things, as simple as they may be, um, sticking away from injury, illness, including mental or psychological, and staying away from personal matters, including family is an absolute massive key. And, of course, what Donkey says there is that players these days don't aren't really able to um, respond in the day's of a bygone era Uh, and essentially and also that um there's some weird sounds in the background there and also um yeah the lady has no um there's no way she can defend herself it's a bit ironic that of all clubs that St Kilda are going to town on another club this is the club that burn dwarves that um have gang sex sessions and all sorts of weird things. And um, (laughs) I really find it um, disturbing. I find it disgusting. And at the same time, I'm smirking about it because I just think, fuck, of any club to do it, it's going to be them. Like, you know, if it was from Geelong, you'd go, oh, well, that's just, you know, that's the AFL. And that's not hardening what happens, it's not pardoning the behaviour, you just, you see it as, oh, well, that's just, you know, part and parcel of the game, but when it comes from St Kilda, you just go, hot kettle black, I really don't think you should be passing judgment, giving all given all the shit that you've done. <clears throat> Having said that, well, I'll go further with my rant and say, that I used to say that the Brisbane Lions supporters were the worst supporters I've ever encountered ever in Melbourne, not in Brisbane, but in Melbourne, and that includes Collingwood supporters um, in that group. So, I can't believe that I'm saying that Brisbane are worse, but St Kilda have epitomised that big time, and including all of their VFL games, you should go and attend one of those and hear how disgusting they are. It is just filth, and I wish they'd just fuck off, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gee, strong words. Bravo. No, no, not really. I think it's pretty fair, actually. I could go a whole lot worse, but I've been told to tone down. <laughs> what Have <laughs> I? Have I said that? <laughs> oh, no, just a few thousand private messages. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Only. <laughs> oh, well wow. Gene, any take on this?
2: Um, I don't really want to talk too much about it because um, for something so horrible, I really don't want to give it the time. But one thing I will say is the hypocrisy of the media... Talking about it, talking about it, talking about it, talking about it, yet at the same time saying, oh, this is a private matter between private people. They are right. It is a private matter between people. Leave it alone. This has got nothing to do with you. You should not be talking about this and giving it any more time that it deserves, which is not much.
1: They were dying to get stuck into this the media
2: they were and it was disgusting it was it was really poor
0: sorry to 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 butt in this you know the alleged what was said and all the suggestions surrounding it has been around on and off for a couple of years now and with multiple personalities involved and the same couple involved and it's almost like the same story rehashed or retwerked or rejigged coming back again and again and again and i see what you're saying jenny i I don't know why it's getting the airtime but is it because it's mark murphy is it because it's um his wife i'm assuming she's wife or fiance um in, in this situation and and the allegations of who a third person may or may not have been and we were talking off air about oh well with the suggestion of that particular afl legend well people would be saying, oh, yeah, we can see that happening. But if it was, say, I don't know, a Gary Hawking or someone else, people would be like, no, we don't believe that. But because that AFL legend has form, um, people tend to sway towards believing it. Uh, and it's it's just crap. So whether or not anything's happened, who cares? But um, it shouldn't come out on a football field. It's, it is just filth and filth coming from a St Kilda mouth. Or 10, filthy.
2: Yeah. But I think that, like, where I'm coming from is where, in one breath, they're saying, let's not talk about this issue, but they just keep pushing it, keep pushing it, keep pushing it, keep pushing it. And that just seems, I mean, they obviously want, you know, interaction with whatever medium now, whether it be the internet, whether it be, radio, whatever the case may be. I just don't think it's appropriate to continue to bemoan it and say that it's not worth the time to talk about it, yet in the exact same breath, just keep giving it legs. Like, and you know the, you should ir- have been, the
0: ironic thing about, yeah, sorry, the ironic part about that is you had old, old four eyes. Um, uh, what is he called? The purple-headed Barrett. warrior. I can't think of his real name. Barrett yeah him he talks about the exact same thing but then says "Oh, the people have to know and the and the footy world we need to air this subject it's like why why you're talking about one thing and then the other in the same fucking sentence but we don't and they're saying oh but the footy world needs to know because they want to know what was going on and why there was a melee well a lot of the time melees just happen because well footballers be footballers but in this case yeah i know and to be honest, um, I, I actually really hope it goes away for the right reasons.
1: I really do. As long as there's public interest, it won't go away because that's the only thing that drives the media. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, well drama,
2: right. drama right. fuels what that. Doing.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we all well, like I a little think, drama, don't we? we? A new game this week. Oh, we and are? And then uh, it'll be all forgotten.
2: Are we watching yeah. AFL or are we going to watch the Kardashians? What, what, what do you Well,
1: want? that's what it's becoming like. Like, you've got your, your proper, like, football analysis.
2: But people, I would wonder what
1: would rate higher. Like, you watch shows like Footy Classified or, or whatever, and, and they basically, they they talk about players' personal lives. They talk about what's going on behind the scenes and rumour and innuendo and all that sort of stuff. Rarely, like, do you see football show rate highly that are uh, – breaking down games, showing play-by-play, play, behind the goal vision, all that sort of stuff. I think if you put that up against a sort of gossip kind of show, the gossip show wins.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm.
1: True. As sad as that sad is. Sad. Yes.
2: Yeah,
1: it is. Just as maybe... a...
3: Sorry, mate. Go ahead.
1: No, I was going to say something, and it was probably going to sound a bit conceding, but I was going to say maybe not to ask because we seem to like football a lot more, but uh, but here we are talking about it, so we're just as bad, I suppose. (laughs) Well,
3: that's probably my fault for making a discussion point. (laughs) So, we'll move on to a different discussion point, slightly in relation to it. Does the AFL in general have a problem? This is how it led to discussions about sexism in the sport, etc. Or is it we're just being a bit too politically correct at times, or a bit of both in this situation, Nate?
0: Um, oh, a bit of a loaded question. This was um, also something we touched on in the pre-show. At the same time, they want to have... The AFL are all about inclusion and diversity, whether it be um, gender diversity or, or sexuality and um, and diversity there, and, and even um, religions and races and all the rest, of just general diversity, but at the same time, they... You know, they they want to promote the Women's League, but then they have the issue that we just spoke about of really not... And I'm not sure how the other guys in the panel stand about this, about having an investigation into what was said and or done, because that's something you need to nip in the bud to begin with, otherwise it will fester and continue to fester until it's sorted out. Rather than put your head in the sand and bum in the air like they continue to do the NFL... Get on top of it. Be proactive, not reactive. Do something about it. Um, what was the rest of the question? I'm, I'm still thinking about that previous <laughs> one, actually. What was the rest of it, sorry? That's
3: pretty fair enough. Does, I was just basically saying, does the AFL in general have a problem with sexism in sport, or is it just political correctness or mad in this situation?
0: Um, look, Steering away from what happened and steering away from other sort of masculine type issues there is a social issue um with yeah with with what we just spoke about and also and also what we've spoken about in previous podcasts that i haven't been on the last week with you know drugs and this and that and also across the sports so there is there is all of that is it pc gone mad um maybe not with this in the social world yes absolutely Um, But also, you've got to remember, we're moving with the times. We're not living in the same year for decades and decades. This is 2017, almost halfway through, soon 2018, and all the rest of it, we're not living in 1991. This is not the 1980s. Um, Everything evolves, everything moves forward. Um, And I think that's probably where I stand, as as vague as that is.
3: Fair enough. Righto. So now moving on to something completely different. Excuse the multi-Python lingo. The final issue we're going to discuss <laughs> is the AFL support for a wildcard weekend, which is well supported by club CEO and the league chief, suggesting a playoff round could be introduced for the 2018 season. Gene, 80, your thoughts?
2: Um, it really depends on how it's presented by... Like. And what I mean by that is we've got a situation where if we looked at it in isolation, you would have 7th versus 10th, 8th versus ninth, and I don't see that really addressing the problem that changing the fixture is supposed to be fixing. Um, Obviously, the issue, a lot of the issue stems from the fact that the double-up games. So... I would prefer a 10 team final series where where the qualification is every team plays each other once and you could put the wild card into that kind of a setup I think that's a while not ideal it's quite a good model it's fair like each team plays each other once the next year those fixtures flip so you've got the home and away factor but um just to randomly add it in the bye week just seems moronic to me. It just the whole point of fixture change was to make it fairer. That doesn't make it fairer, that just it's cosmetic, which is a um, it just seems like an odd suggestion to me. Fair
3: enough. Anything to add on that, guys, before we move on? Is it so was it gonna be six to twelfth with them play off for the Wog? The last two spots are 7th and 8th. Yeah, so if you finish
1: at the top spot and you know you're not going to drop out of that, you know, you're going to stay in that fixture, why wouldn't you then be resting players and basically just be getting ready for that wildcard final? There's just too many things that could go wrong with that.
3: Yeah, I know they're still discussing it at the moment, but and it's in unison with, they're discussing about introducing the 17 and 5 model probably in 2019 but it's all up for discussion <laughs> at the moment and that's there's a lot of teething issues with it that I can see I don't particularly like it either Cl- I'm
1: t- whatever they do coaches will figure out a way to rort it
3: <laughs> and it'll be North Melbourne leading the way
1: <laughs> or Ross Lo- Ross Lyon, I would imagine be the first cab off the rank but
3: yeah It'd be nice if
0: it was in Melbourne. Got a quick one just before we move on on that. This, I know, it's it's not completely on topic, but it's semi years. So you know, with all these um, ideas put forth about you know changing the fixture and finals and this and that, I think my only issue with that is a lot of the times in finals, your seventh and eighth team is really making up the numbers, regardless of who it is. And Carlton and Richmond in particular, when they were there. So isn't this going to make it a whole lot worse if you were to add a ninth and a 10th team, assuming a final series then goes to 9 and 10? Does anyone think that at all? Or is it just a case of, oh, yeah, the more, more the merrier?
1: Yeah, no, I agree. Like, the the teams at the bottom half of the eight are nowhere near the level of ones at the top, so they're not going to do anything anyway. So... Yeah, I, I can't see it adding anything to the actual finals themselves.
3: No, it doesn't really add anything at all, to be honest. Just puts some in finals mode maybe a week earlier. That's it.
1: Like, I know, like, North, for example, if we make the finals, I don't want to just make the finals. Like, I want to, I want to challenge. Like, last year was terrible. Like, I don't want to... This year, I don't want to just get there and then fall in a heap, you know. If we make the finals this year, I want to be a chance. Not that that's probably going to happen, but I'm just saying. Like, mm. um, I don't, I don't see no, yeah. As, yeah. as a, as a something to, you know, set your season by.
3: Fair enough. Nice. Righto, we'll move up to thumbs up, thumbs down now. So my first thumbs up for the week is the form of Kane Turner, who's in excellent tackling form, and my second thumbs up is Geelong losing, which is quite satisfying in a way as it kind of vindicates what I've been saying, that they're a two-man team. And my first thumbs down is obviously the loss, and just the way we lost wasn't great, more than any other loss. And my second thumbs down is the declining standard of officiating holding the ball decisions. It's just become an absolute joke. What are your thumbs up and down, Donkey? Uh, well...
1: Thumbs, it's hard actually at the moment. Thumbs up to <laughs> the thumbs up. I'm kind of going to still go from a little bit from your lead here, but thumbs up would be. I heard a stat today from Champion Data that Jed Anderson is ranked elite in his pressure acts in the full 50. I think he's ranked second in the comp at the moment. And uh, thumbs down would be our loss last week. It was just disgusting. The effort was horrible.
3: Mm, fair enough. What are your positives and negatives, Nate? Um,
0: believe it or not, from my sorry, from my point of view, the MRP is getting worse and worse or more and more inconsistent or maybe more predictable in a sort of weird kind of way, but just more pathetic. Um, Buddy Franklin and all sorts of other players and you look at some players being handed... Um, Fines, and they really should have been rubbed out for two weeks. In particular, games of the weekend in neutral games. Another negative is um, somehow St Kilda have got 40k members, and we're still not there yet. Um, don't know what the hell's going on there. Um, and a positive from me: no, as far as I know, no North Melbourne Big 40 member was suspended over the weekend, which is probably yeah. a change. <laughs>
3: amazing. Probably. probably. <laughs> That's shocking. Righto. <laughs> like, Greg, your positives and negatives.
2: Uh, well, um, Donkey, uh, you've uh, stolen my thunder with the Jed Anderson. I thought I was very clever of going to bring that one up. I think um, <laughs> uh, Jed has been very good in the uh, forward pressure, and I think he'll be very important this weekend. Um. Thumbs down is just probably touching on what we were talking about before. Just the fact that has the AFL turned into a bit taking a wrong turn to the WWE show? Like, is it all about the controversy, or is it about the football? Because I'm I'm starting to wonder because I'm hearing a lot of arguments about, oh, uh, you know, the the draw as it is. It, creates controversy, it's great, blah, 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 the MRP, blah, blah, blah. I just want to see something governed properly. I want to watch football. I I don't want any of this outside noise.
0: So you don't want rigged theatre?
2: Absolutely not. (laughs) No.
3: Fair enough. Righto, we'll move on to club discussion. So, the only real major news probably to discuss this week is the picking of the new alternative jersey for next year, which will be a Clash Guernsey. Excuse my French. I can't speak English properly. And basically, it'll it'll be a Clash jumper against clubs, including Geelong and Collingwood. So, that will be about it. Now, Mm. there's probably been a largely negative reaction from the big footy standpoint. And it was picked by the fans on the North Melbourne website. So, Donkey, are you a fan of the choice and should have been next nice to the fans?
1: I actually did like the jumper. I do like the jumper and, and I didn't venture into that thread so I didn't even realise there was a, a negative vibe to it. I was, every team's got, like, three or four jumpers. They've got their main one. But, I mean, it's all about just raising revenue and having a different jumper to sell the fans, really, at the end of the day. Um, I think it looks pretty cool.
3: Yeah, fair enough. Any other fans of the jersey? Yeah,
0: I liked yeah, I quite it. Actually. Liked I, yeah, I voted for it. Um, I didn't mind it whatsoever. I was actually surprised to see it all, and I'm um, not one bit surprised that um, that 1990s Guernsey, Guernsey or jersey didn't get up. But remember, people have got to remember this is an alternate. This is not changing the home and away Guernsey. This is not wearing it for 14 or 20 games. It's an alternate. It's only a handful of games maximum per year. People are just getting a bit carried away and thinking uh, we're moving hell on earth to change the pub culture or something. It's just an alternate. That's it. But I'm I'm for it. I like it. GN.
2: Um, I I don't mind it. I'm a big fan of the uh, the blue jersey with the white V. From um the heritage round many years ago, but if we were going to go for an alternate jersey, why I think it'd be a great opportunity to bring in the um indigenous jersey I think that's a really really nice looking Guernsey it's um you know we could be a first team to just not wear it on the designated weekend we could wear it every time we need that third Guernsey I think it's a you know I think we could use that.
3: Fair enough. Were you a fan of the fans actually choosing the Guernsey or not so much?
2: Ah, uh, well, I mean, as Kent Brockman once said, democracy never works. So, um, I mean, you'll end up with something like Bodie McBoatface or something like that when you <laughs> leave it to a public vote. Mm. So, um,
3: I know the Baker Moth tried uh, that. <laughs>
2: Exactly. That's that's what I was getting at. Um, but I think, like, a bit of fan interaction about it is good. Um, but it can't be the be and the end-all.
3: Fair enough. Just excuse Nate's laughter while I send him something.
2: What the fuck? Right. So
0: I've just got the funniest photo that he just sent me. Sorry.
3: That that's all good. That's not related to the show, so we'll move straight on to the VFL to distract <laughs> Nate. <laughs> Nate
0: Uh yeah, VFL, is that right, Matt? Oh, okay, great. So um just before I get into it uh, next week, this coming weekend, uh Saturday, one PM at North Ballarat, whereby uh head out to um Icy North Ballarat Eureka Stadium. Um Ben Jacobs, I'd to call him Sam Jacobs. Ben Jacobs is in the dev league playing at Williamstown had 11am against Willie in the Dev League for two weeks in a row. Uh, there's been an all-star cast of about 17 17, 18, no, 17 players have been listed. Of course, that'll change because I don't know how Sam Durden and Andrew Swallow can both be playing in two teams at once, if that's what I'm reading. Um, on the weekend, they, were, so they being wary, they played against Collingwood and they were down by about 40... 43, 47 points. I can't remember because they haven't got the scores in front of me. At quarter time, they were being absolutely pummeled. They went on to win 112 to 101. So just a massive, massive comeback just all day long. It was absolutely jizz-worthy. Um, players like uh, Andrew Swallow, a guy called Barak or Barak, from, he's a Werribee-listed player. Matty Hanson again and Hibbert were all in the best. And um, Suv with uh, another two goals, so good on you, Suva. Um, and I think we're going to lead into some question time. So I've got one for Greg or want? Ever he wants to be referred to as tonight. Um, Eurovision. Um, what was better, what was worse, that or the loss on the weekend for this, our seniors?
2: I will... The loss for the seniors, obviously, but um, to be honest, the whole Eurovision thing has um, left me a bit flat. I used to be a annual watcher of the tournament. Um, myself and my wife would uh, really get into it, but ever since the Australians got um, added to the competition, I feel that it's just taken a turn for the worst. It's, um, it used to be great theatre, I know that that's radically different to what I was talking about before, but it's not a football competition. So to watch the theatre of Eurovision and watch a lot of um, a lot of European nations comically do their thing and try to entertain, it was always a good um, a good night for myself and my wife. Um, I just I can't get. Ever since, like I said, like ever since the Australians come to it, I've I've really lost my mojo for it, which is um, a shame because it was once very good. Um, It probably doesn't help that Terry Wogan has um, passed and he was um, the commentator and he used to be very, very good. But um, but, uh, Eurovision is certainly not what it was.
0: Okay, and... This next one is more of a group one, but I'll start off with Ben first, if you don't mind. So no this is from Philly Roo. Um, Jay-Z, Mason Wood, and a few others aren't as castigated as, say, J-Mac and Gibbo, and potentially a few others. Um, J-Mac and Cove make one mistake, and all of a sudden it's sacking time. What do you make of that?
3: Well, they're, they're easy targets. Gibson's just always been an easy target because of his let's just say, interesting kicking style, and he's exaggerated misses with his kicking, despite his efficiency and some of our finer posters pointing out he's probably one of the better kicks of the football. <laughs> he's just always been <laughs> an easier target because he's an older player, he's had a number of games in a row, and when he's had a quiet game there, people have always just been quick to jump on him. Maybe they just don't like him, maybe they don't like him because he kicked footballs hard at kids, he knows. In terms of J Mac, <laughs> that's always been a bit different. That's because J Mac's always seen as a bit of the, this is probably my take on things, like the treasured son in the sense that he's always been touted for the leadership group. He's always been pushed along as this great leader of the back line, etc. I'm not going to question that. That's not the issue, but that's why people bag him. If he doesn't perform sometimes, people quickly jump on him. And he's just an easy target. And the He's probably an easier target because Philly always bites back when everyone, anyone criticises him. That's just yeah, a shit it's feels... one of those things. Yeah. Um, uh,
0: Donkey, probably you'd go up and maybe Greg, if you can follow up after. Uh, just, I, to be honest, I think
1: Sam Gibson, because of his age and his... Kicks are just awful when they're bad. They're they're just real bad. Like, you know, you'll have someone out free and we can score and he'll kick it out of bounds on the full. But I think he more than makes up for it. So, to be honest, I don't think... I reckon there's just certain posters that have got whipping boys and I reckon it's pretty evenly spread. Like, I reckon you've got blokes that are in love with uh, J-Mac and and Gibb Gibson, and then on the other hand, you've got blokes that just can't stand him. But you've got the same for Zeeble and, uh, you know, other blokes. Probably Goldstein, you got Ozzy, Oslo, whatever his name is, who just can't stand Goldstein. And, yeah, I just think, uh, yeah, I don't know. Sorry, I'm just having a look at something here. I'll just go on to, uh, apparently we've got a new debutant this week, and his name is Dylan Mountford off the AFL website, so that's <laughs> nice. Oh, there
2: you go.
1: Yeah. Sorry about that. That just caught me, caught me off guard. But, yeah, no, for the whole whipping boy thing, I think it's just when we have a bad loss, everyone just unloads. So, fair enough. That's yeah. it, really.
2: Yeah, I think it, it's, it seems to be a case of, like, um, it's almost a direct response to whatever's happened on the weekend because the weekend before, Sam Gibson shut down Sloan and was a big reason why we won the game. Um, But I think also sometimes the weaknesses of a particular player become almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy because you're looking for that. Like, you're looking for that Gibson bad kick. You're looking for that missed tackle. You're looking for, you know, whatever... The knock you've put on that particular player, and I think it makes um, somebody, particularly when you watch the game on TV, as opposed to being at the game, um, it makes that it, it always makes it stick stick up, stick out, I should say. Um, like for instance, <laughs> um, for instance, I think um, there was a game uh, where. I first saw Sam Gibson play when he played in Perth against the Eagles and I saw him running everywhere and I'm thinking, hang on a second, I don't see that. I don't see that every, every week or anything like that. But because you're in that different, you're seeing the game a different way. You actually see a lot of the non-obvious things that a player does. Like another one with some... The Fremantle game with Lindsay Thomas, yeah, he had a shocking game, but he kept chasing, he kept tackling, he kept trying. Unfortunately, it wasn't going for him, but um, to read that week that people thought that he wasn't trying and all that sort of stuff just seemed a bit odd to me. But, again, it's what the people are looking for, I suppose, more than what's actually happened.
3: Yeah. Fair enough. Is that it for questions, Nate? Oh, sorry, mate. I was
0: just, I was just uh, really enthused by that answer. there. Um,
3: <laughs> sounds look, like yeah. it.
0: <laughs> no, no, no. no. I was actually really listening. No, I was actually really trying to comprehend some of what he was saying. But no, that's um, so. Sure, really we long should answer. use smaller
3: words for you next time. Is that? <laughs>
0: uh, yeah. Man. I was just like, that's a really Taz-like answer. So I was waiting for the thesis to come out and all the rest. Of it. But yeah, no, it's, that's actually really good. The fo- the I think that's are all. Well,
3: thanks. <laughs>
0: um, I think that's all the questions this week. We're just going to keep it um, pretty brief.
3: Righto, thanks for That'll that, Nate. Your turn. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> <It's> all right. <laughs> anyway, right, <laughs> move on to the re- review now. So, basically, Gene eighty, what went wrong? Why were we so badly beaten in the contest?
2: Well. um... I think it's we got beaten at the whole facet of the game that we pride ourselves on. We pride ourselves of being a a contested ball club, um, you know, a midfield of Zebul, Cunnington, Demont, and we just got we got it handed to us. Um, Josh Kennedy was fantastic, and we were we were very poor. Um, I think. Once one of our biggest strengths gets taken away from us, where you know, any team's going to struggle.
3: Fair enough. Any other yeah. thoughts, fellas?
1: Yeah, I just think that was um, a really bad letdown after the week before. I was really hoping they would go on with that, but uh they just did not seem up, up for it from the start. Like I'm, um, Around the ball, around... They not only smashed us inside, they smashed us outside. And on top of that, we probably had ruck dominance. Like, it just... It was just so bad. It could have been... I know we got flogged, but we could have got beaten by, you know, nearly 100 points. We're probably lucky that... here uh, yeah, they let us off the hook a little bit there, I reckon. Mm.
3: Well, we can thank Taz for that, for stopping Buddy just with one goal. That was a great. Game. Yeah, Taz did play well, actually. He played really well. He's, had, he's having a pretty good year. After a poor first week, he's having a pretty good year.
1: So you look at our stats for that week. So Ben Cunnington had a goal and he he had 28 and six tackles. But would you say he had a good game? No, I would have said he almost had a poor game. Yeah, and, and Zeebel had 22. But they, they just got bullied. I reckon to did, yeah. to use a bit of old school terminology like the Saints just wanted it more they just showed up and they just took it to us and North just did not respond like Luke McDonald was probably my biggest disappointment from the week before he uh you know he's really good against Adelaide and I was I was hoping it was just in the midst of a breakout but then to turn up and play the way he did it was really disappointing
3: yeah, well yeah. Hopefully it flows onto this work and he tries to actually put in the bigger effort for the club. Basically <sighs> Nate, what went wrong in terms of the contest was it we had too many youngsters in there learning the game? Was it inconsistency? Was it senior pies letting us down again? Delivery.
0: Well, you've just
3: touched on a bit of it. I'm not I don't
0: really buy into the whole with a bit young um
3: I'm talking more about the likes of Clark and Dumont in terms of they were bullied probably the uh, most out of all of them.
0: You could probably say, to to put another turn or another spin on it, you could say that Sydney are a little bit more seasoned, but others might say, oh, they're just a bunch of geriatrics. But they got it done. We were comprehensively smashed um, in all facets of the game pretty much all day long, apart from the one thing that I remember was um, Robbie Tarrant to me, it felt like he gave um, Buddy Franklin a bath by comparison to the rest of the game. So I was sort of at odds to, to try and explain why, you know, why we were so badly beaten. It's a really bad term to use, but anyway. Um, I can I can I, tell you right now. It's sorry to Buddy. Oh, no, yeah, go on. You get tell me. Tell me can something.
1: T- contested possessions, one thirty-three to one seventy. Uncontested possessions, 197 to 271. Mm. Marks, 61 to 117. Do you happen to have, while you're
0: there, the tackle count by any chance?
1: Yep. Tackles were in our favour, at least. So we had a crack. That's because we were chasing, though. Yes, exactly. You can't tackle when you've got the ball. Yes. Uh, So Marks inside 50. They had 15. We had 8. Intercept possessions, we had sixty five, they had seventy four. They just killed us. They just killed us all over. Clearances were, oh, only just in their favour by three, but, but centre clearances in particular, they smashed us. They smashed us there. So it was, uh, yeah, it was just all round smashing.
0: Sorry, was there no, anything? Yeah, yeah no, that's, you're right. Actually, that's it's a really good um, side point there. But was there anything that? Uh, leading, answering Ben's question, there was there anything that we won the stats there? Um, was sorry, was there anything that we were leading and not so much won, but we just ahead just of? tackles, just tackles. Um,
1: they they had us for inside fifties, they had us for efficiency inside fifties, marks inside fifties. Yeah, it was just tackles, literally,
0: just an all-round good game from them. But the other thing yeah. is, it's not to take away from Sydney, it's not to say that. Oh, well, oh, that was, that was good. we should have won. Yeah, they they were. And you've got to give them um, an opposition credit when it's appropriate to do so. And in this case, yes, it was. And you can't say, oh, well, North Melbourne lost it. Well, Sydney won that. Massive difference between a team saying, oh, we lost it and then winning. They they won that all day long. Um, I'm going to assume also that we were absolutely pantsed in the hitouts because from memory from watching the game, I don't remember us winning too many hitouts. Or at least that's how it felt to me. Did we?
1: Uh, hitouts we uh, hitouts we actually won, so forty three to thirty eight,
0: and we had more frees as well, so nineteen to twelve. That's so. surprising. That is really surprising. Both those stats actually.
1: Well, Goldie
0: Goldie played pretty well. I thought, in in all honesty, yeah. but uh, the, their
1: midfield just. Roved off him, so it's it's the same old story yeah. there. Yeah,
0: I'm, oh, no, no, I'm not saying that he had a bad game at all. I actually thought he was okay. Like I didn't think it was great, but he um, certainly a lot of players are well below him. But it's just in terms of how Sydney are able to extract the ball, it made me. It just felt to me like, oh yeah, we just, just lost a Another one. Yes, I know it's a clearance, but it just yeah. felt like it. And then again, I'll, I had to watch the replay. I was I was away at the time, so. Um,
1: yeah, that's why. But then, yeah, same here. Yeah. So I'm just looking at hitouts, but not hitouts to advantage. So
3: mm. those, they shark a lot by might the taps other taps way too. Around. That was a lot. Of the yeah. problem was Kennedy and Kennedy shrugging off tackles and sh- sharking a lot of the taps. It's been an issue for a while. It's been a pet hate of mine is people sharking Goldie's taps, and we just don't take advantage of Goldie's dominance enough.
1: <laughs> because
3: we we we're too flat. F-
1: oh, I don't know.
3: No, we're, I'm you're not, right. I'm we far are far from an
1: expert. We're,
3: yeah, and we depend on guys running off the half back in Williams and Mullet. And when their run gets blocked, we're stuffed because we're too flat-footed, waiting for that handball, and there's no one there. And then we get smashed in the tackle, and then there you go.
1: And yet we keep trying the same blokes in there
3: <coughs> because we've got no one else to play. in there They're too undersized. They Jamont's fair enough, oh, but Kyle's I reckon is Mac- unders-
1: McDonald McDonald could have a run in there. I don't
3: know. We do need a better rotation, but the problem is, I think it's terms of structure because we, we see guys like Higgins in there. We've seen Simkin at times line up in there as well. I think we have a lot of issues with our centre clearance structures. I think it's been an issue for a good year now. But yeah. yeah we'll, we'll probably finish the review on that so we can get straight into the preview. So just before I get into the ins and outs, I know Nate's got some stats for us that he just wants to go over. Nate? Yeah, look, just, just
0: because... Oh, there's some really fucked up background... Sorry, there's some really bad background noise there. I'm sorry for the swearing. Um, this is the last time we... we North Melbourne beat Melbourne was... Uh, guys, before refresh my memory, early in the season of 2016, down in Hobart, we won 136 to 131. It's 15 straight wins. Our next longest streak actually happens to be about against Melbourne, and it's from 1976 to 1984... And it's 16 wins against Melbourne. There you go. That's my stat for you. All stats.
3: <laughs> Thanks. So for we it, have to break that. <laughs> Jeez, I, yeah, we need to just keep that going for just a little while. Just embarrass them a little bit more because they're getting a bit uppity. Melbourne posters at the moment on big footy. It's a bit like
1: it's a bit like when we uh, we both started our rebuild at the same time way back in 2008, and uh, apparently they had this. More promising list because they had the better picks and all the rest of it, and and we just kept beating them. And even though we didn't get the uh, end result in the premiership, but still a little better than that. So I just want to keep that going.
3: That's <laughs> right. Nice. It, was, it was the same thing with them and Richmond in the after 2010 2011. They had that kind of thing going. We just kept beating them and beating them and beating them. Maybe one loss here or there, but we just kept beating them most of the time. <laughs> it's quite
2: amusing just yeah, they would um they would always maintain that they were a better side. Yeah,
1: regardless. because I would say they've got oh they've got Martin and Cochin <laughs> and Rewald and Rance and um, you know yeah. they got the champions and we got what? no one. Yeah.
3: Fair enough. Any yeah. anything you wanna add, Nate, because I know you gotta leave her with?
0: Yeah, it's Hitting my bedtime. No, actually, I'm be up early. Um, just the pedo. I mean, the um, sorry, the carry the carriage. Peto. Jesus, the Rolf. Can we like. go one
3: show about mentioning him? <laughs> the uh, George Powell. <laughs> At, At least it wasn't old, <laughs> old mate Zed. At
0: least <laughs> it wasn't old mate Zed. Um, the Rolf Harris special. Uh, the multiplier one point five. Did you not see that on the carriage? Yeah, that's my idea. Go and have a look at the carriage thread. Have you not seen this, Greg? Surely,
2: yeah. No, I have
0: not. <laughs> uh, I'd be getting onto it, probably not when I'm online, because you might abuse me. Um, yeah, or or Dean fucking Kent. Um, yeah, for the carriage. Get on them. $2.50. Sorry. Oh. Yeah, all right, I'm out. I've got to, I'll probably see you in a couple of weeks.
3: Goodbye. will <laughs> <back.
1: laughs> oh. Take it easy.
3: Thanks for that, Nate. Righto, so we are getting. I apologise for Nate's French there. We normally don't allow that much room on here, but that's just him. So you have to excuse him for that. So the ins and outs for Melbourne, it's Melksham, Neil and Harms. And for North, Wait, Swallow, Mullet, Garner and Mountford. Who are the likely ins, do you reckon, guys? Uh, I'm um... going to... There you go, mate.
2: Oh, sorry. Um, looking at the teams, um, is it with is it the final squad that the eighteen can't change unless there's a last minute injury? No, I don't believe that that's
3: up? a rule. No, it's only when it's finally oh, okay. confirmed, and then you make a change, and you're to yep. form the <laughs> AFL. Right, right,
2: right. Because um, obviously, it does look very big at the moment as named, I was trying to think of what what they might be trying to do. Um, Unless Mason Wood is becoming a winger for this game, I think, unfortunately, Durden will get dropped. I understand that um, Garner's got a fitness test tomorrow, so I would be thinking that it's likely to be swallowing... Garner if fit, if not, it'll be Swallow and Mullet. That's what I think will happen. Um, how that how that um, matches up against Melbourne, it, 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 they, they do seem to have a far smaller side, but they are very mobile with Jeddah, Hunt, Hibbert, Vince. That's a pretty that's a pretty mobile backline, so I'm assuming that there's not going to be many um, uh, there's not going to be the ability to hold that many tall forwards. Um, that said, you could win in the air. That doesn't, but if the ball doesn't, you know, if the marks not taken, well, then there could be issues on the ground. So yep. it, it looks to me as though. Um, it's going to probably be two smalls in. I And unfortunately, it looks as though Durden might miss out because I think um, Durden needs an extended run at it. Um, he showed some very good things against Sydney. Okay, he made mistakes, but that won't get fixed in the VFL. That'll get fixed with exposure to AFL footage. So.
3: It's a bit of an awkward um, time for him, isn't it? It is. They're good for um,
1: because I, I, I was just going to say, I wait for certainty to come in. Yeah. Yep.
2: Yeah. I would so,
1: think so. Yeah. Yeah. So the only thing is, is if Garner's fit, and then
3: if, if Garner's fit
1: as well. Yeah, I reckon. Or <sighs> Mountford could be a serious show here because he's been playing. So he's got match fitness. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I reckon uh, either like Swallow can come straight back in and play if they're worried about losing contested ball. But it leaves us a bit one pace again in the midfield. But my personal thing is I think Wake and Mountford will come in and Garner if fit. And obviously the boys that have been omitted. And then either... Uh, probably say Vickers-Willis or Durden to I'd, go out. and I'd, 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 yeah,
3: yeah. I'd say sorry, Durden that? in that sense because Vickers-Willis has the capacity to play on a medium forward, while Durden probably doesn't.
1: But the thing is with Durden, he can play on Pedersen when he goes forward and they've been throwing uh, – uh, is it which McDonald boy has been going forward? Tom. So he can play, yeah. So he can play on one of the tools because he's he's pretty he's a pretty big unit himself, and I wouldn't mind seeing Tarrant yeah. go with Watts because they're about the same size. You can match him the for thi- athleticism as well.
3: The thing and is, if, uh, the thing is, if we got Dirt and Tarrant Hanson, Dirt, this is a very big backline. Yeah. yeah,
2: and yeah. Their, their their squad as named is very very mobile. If you have a look at like what, they, what they've named, they've got a lot of runners. Um, so I think it's just too imbalanced to see all those tools playing. I don't think um, – I think at least one will probably end up dropping out. Um, and then obviously using um, wood as that kind of hybrid sort of running slash marking forward. Um, I can't. I, I just. I just can't see that many tall people thinking yeah, about yeah. it and That's looking true. at the teams as they're named. Yeah. I just. I mean, as much as like I said, I don't think Durden deserves to be dropped. I just. It was, last the week they
1: that, kind of. Sorry. Last week they tried to. It was Hanson. They didn't know what they were doing. Hanson was forward. Then Durden was forward. It was. It's kind of those two are fighting for the one spot, in my opinion even though Wake comes back this week, only one of them can play back. You're right. So either Hanson goes out or Durden goes out, and Hanson's got the runs on the board. So I suppose, And and that's a shame
2: because I think, like I said, I I think Durden definitely needs an extended run at it. Um, He's not going to, well, from what unexposed form, he's not going to fix any of his issues playing VFL. Um, but it's
1: not he needs he needs six. if so I've got nothing against Hansen, but Hansen if you're gonna drop him for a team, this wouldn't be a bad side to do it for and give Durden a go. Because their forward line, they're not exactly uh their tools aren't exactly that dangerous. i will be more worried about Petrarca and Watts. Hogan's not I mean, obviously, obviously unfortunately. And uh, so you'd think, yeah, I, think, I reckon, the, honestly, I reckon the nightmare matchup is Petrarca. So you've got, who do you go with him? You, yeah. If you put a Thompson with him, you might go with him on the air, but he'll get destroyed on the ground by Petrarca. Yeah. And uh, Vickers Willis just doesn't have the strength to go with him. So
2: I think, um, to be honest, no. I think they'll start McMillan on him, but oh, that's but
1: I think they'll
2: be that, yeah. Well, I mean, they'll be re, they'll be, um, they'll be rotating a lot of people through him. Yeah. yeah, I don't, I don't see like, like you said, I don't see a, and a,
1: a good much solid match for him. McMillan, we need McMillan's run as well. He needs to play a bit freer. Yeah, so maybe if mm-hmm. I was going to put someone like that on him, I'd go McDonald. But I want to see him in the gut. Yeah. So it's a, it's, a, it's a bit of a funny one. So yeah, he's a tough matchup for Trucker, I've got to admit. Vickers uh, Willis
3: figures Willis got compliant. it. Yeah. The problem is with yeah. Vickers Willis, I don't think it'll be so much strength. I think it'll be leg speed and, and agility. I think he'll get strength. Yeah,
2: mobility. Yeah.
3: Strength's not so much an issue with Vickers Willis. It's the fact that guys can yeah. turn him around the little smaller ones. He's more suited to a medium forward. Yeah,
1: yeah but Petrarca's yeah. A, a bull. He's a he's a dead set. Yeah. He's a beast. Yeah, right. so
3: we, we need that medium got... general defender that can kind of do it on the ground, and unfortunately, the only one we've got without right is McMillan Or Thompson. Yeah. Or Thompson, but Thompson's... Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's an interesting one, Thompson. Yeah. Anyway, so we'll go through the matchups since then, so we're already kind of already there, so we're happy with those matchups. So Tarrant goes to Wiedemann, Thompson to Watts, Hanson to McDonald if he's resting forward, or Pedersen if he's resting forward. And Marty mm-hmm. Williams to who's up forward for them? Garlett probably. Yes, Garlet. And Marlet yeah. probably on one of the resting mids. Probably a Hannan who rests up forward quite often from plays off the half forward flank the Patch Adams type yeah. role or Dean Kent, if Dean Kent comes in, or stays in. So they've got a few options to go through half-forward, which is a real danger point. It's where they kick a lot of their goals from, is that half-forward midfield type thing. So Uh,
2: look, I mean, looking at their their, their team as name, I mean, I'd be more worried about the half-back line. Like, Vincent Hunt running off the half-back is sort of a bit like um Adelaide with uh, lead and Brodie smith
3: well we show we could shut like, that down though if we
2: put yeah it. so i think that's where we've got to put work into and i think I, I
1: personally think we've got them covered forward and back if we can match them in the middle we we've won this game well if going cuz you look at their midfield their midfield is their strength without doubt like you got yeah. Viney, you got lewis you got jones he, like, they've got a Clayton Oliver, who's completely unprecedented. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, like, they seriously do have a good midfield. And, you know, Salem on the outside, maybe chuck a Gibson on him. But, yeah, if we if we can match him in the midfield, and we've got a leg up already with uh, Goldstein on Pedersen, because, like, Pedersen's probably biggest weapon is that he can get up the ground and, You know, you can cover a lot of ground, kick goals or whatever, but that's Goldstein's got him covered in that by a mile. So if we match him in there.
2: Yeah, to me, Pedersen's more of a rucked rover that just happens to be a little bit taller so he can take the hit outs. But, um, yeah, like we're going to have to, like you were saying earlier in the show, we're going to have to really – figure out a way to utilize Goldstein's taps, particularly in this game, because it's it's an avenue for us to get a massive advantage. And I yeah. I mean they're 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 on ballers are very, very good. So if we can use Goldie and get the ball to advantage, that'll yes, that'll help. That'll help a lot of the issues that we could face on yeah. Sunday, I think. Fair enough. I just wonder,
1: do you reckon – I know this is a slightly off topic, but with Goldie, do you reckon his taps – the reason they get sharks so much is because he's he's quite predictable. He never never hits it far too outside of the contest. It's always pretty in tight and close for like a Cunnington or someone like that to win it, but he never tries to get just outside the contest for someone to run onto. And I, I reckon – Everyone's wise to that.
2: That's most yeah, and I think though. that's. Oh, uh, yes and no. I think a lot of it is to do with our particular style of midfielder as well. When you've got Cunnington, Zeeble, um, in the past Swallow, but, you know, Dumont, they're the kind of players that they're not going to burst through a pack, say, like a danger field or anything like that. They're going to grab the ball, fire the kick or the handball out. I think he I I do I, I do I do get what you're saying uh, but I think it's more of a product of our actual setup miss, as opposed yeah. to yeah as opposed to um goldstein's you know tapping ability but
3: yeah I agree Yeah.
2: Right?
3: To, 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 yeah. yeah it it's certainly uh, I still think that it is an issue and it it is probably a key to rotation but even if we've been changing the rotations up all year, we've been putting Simpkin in there, we've been putting Jamont in there, we've been putting Clark in there, we've been putting Higgins yeah. in there, we still got smacked last week in that area. So I, it's not the issue; it's certainly a structural issue, and I, that's why I've had an issue with it for a good year now because the dogs were the first to kind of figure it out what we're what we're up to. Yeah. Just with Gibson, I actually see him doing a job this week. I'm not sure if anyone saw the video of the coach, coach's instructions talking to the pies, but he's talking to Gibson about studying, doing his usual studying of his opponents, and it seems like he'll probably be doing another job this week. So it'll be either Nathan Jones, who's a bit susceptible to a tag, as we all know, or maybe even a Clayton Oliver, who sets up a lot of their clearance work with handballs, if you can shut that down. It'll go a long way towards victory, or even going to Lewis, even shutting his contested ball down, will go a long way to victory.
1: So Or just even they... that receiver, whoever is just that's, outside yeah, the contest. Yes,
3: that's
1: right. Because yes. it's hard to shut down someone like Oliver, but you can shut down the bloke who's just outside of the contest, which I think gives yeah, probably that, and
3: good
1: at. Yeah, but and that's saying the that he
3: did thing. In saying that, he did do the job on and He played a lot of inside, and he, Gibson actually beat him on the inside. So, that's why I can I think he's actually better suited to the inside jobs, because he doesn't have to worry about leg speed so much. Which is it yeah. can be an issue, because Gibson's brutally strong. Yeah, he's fit, but he's not quick. So, there's that as well. But anyway, it'll be interesting to see who he does line up on. The back lines, as you said, it's pretty good. But if you can get Anderson, Turner... They are putting up high-pressure stats, as well as Garner coming in as well, providing that defensive pressure forward and marking forward. And Wait, who's known for his pressure as well. I can see a shutting down. A lot of the defensive side of it, you're saying, mate? I
1: was just going to say, and kicking goals.
3: Yeah. Oh, buddy. Wow. <laughs> That's the I'm
1: best off. way.
2: It's the best way to, um, to stop the run, is to kick goals up the other end, isn't and it? And the, the best way. thing
1: about Waite... Is Ben Brown to be licking his lips because uh, he's been needing a bit of a chop out?
3: Yeah, he's been. Oh, hasn't you know, he? Yeah, yeah. We get smashed every week by the umpires as well as opposition players breaking <laughs> his arms. Oh, he's, he's just no good one out, and he just, you know,
1: I just feel sorry for him because he's he's not a number one banana, you know. He, he needs but, that.
2: But that said, I think Spike, if you particularly if you are basing it off what happened last week, was the kicks were horrid coming into him. And, like, it, it got to the point where, you know, it, it was either either 15 metres to either side or in front of him or he was getting double teamed. It was just the delivery was poor for him on the weekend. And I think, um, you know, obviously with weight there, I what I can see is even if... It's a. It's not even a case of um, taking one of the defenders. It's more spreading the where the defence is going and, and exactly. making those that's
1: exactly right.
2: Yeah. And making those holes for him to lead into. I think that's that's just as important for him as um, you know weight taking you know the number one or number two defender because I think at this level it's in that kind of setup, particularly with Melbourne with their keybacks, I don't think that there's like a a Rance or a Tarrant type defender, they're both no. Nah, their defenders fights, can't so. kick
1: their defenders dead set can't kick, so if we make them play their three tools back and we set up yeah. well, we should be able to chop it off and bring it back in to our forward line pretty easily yeah, if it's we all about, set up
3: well. It's all about the pressure and using Hanson and Tarrant and Thompson to cut it off all about this midfield pressure and winning the contested football. That's the basics. That's there we go. So, just finishing off with the carriages. Any obvious nom- nominations from you guys? Oh, Pedro. Uh, uh, I'm going to go
2: Dean Kent, but I honestly haven't heard of half of these players. So, <laughs> yeah. oh, could, I know. oh, no. It could, it could be anyone. Fair This enough.
1: must be how people feel when they play North Melbourne. <laughs> yeah. It's honestly, the only
2: reason why I know Jaden Hunt is because of the headband. The headband. Uh, the headband.
3: Yeah. How bad is that? <laughs> I want
2: one about boys. As bad
3: as a Taylor Garner rip... headband. That's right, that's a, a shoelace. <laughs> What's...
1: It... And he hasn't even got the hair to need a freaking headband. What yeah. are you doing guns?
3: Uh, who knows? So, the so you
2: reckon uh, someone should do the old uh, Bruce Stool on? Oh uh,
3: yeah. Thank so you, If
2: someone
1: does that, I'll, I'll, I wouldn't even wear a football jumper to the footy, but I'll buy their badge and I'll wear it on my <laughs> jacket for the rest of their career.
2: <laughs>
3: Fair enough. <laughs> Mine will be probably Thomas Bug just because he over celebrates every little thing he does, like Michael Walters does. Right, we'll finish up there for this evening. So I'd like to thank Nate just before, as well as Greg and Donkey Chomp for joining the podcast for this week. Cheers, Thanks, Ben. No worries.
1: Cheers, Greg. Sorry, All right, man. boys.
3: All right, mate. Take it and easy. I'd just like to thank the listeners for tuning in once again to The Stern Look, and we'll be back next week. Hopefully we have a guest. No promises, though. It's been <laughs> shocking this year. Bye-bye.